Can Diego Pavia make a run at the quarterback one job? Well, we break it down right here. Let's go. You are Locked On Bandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Well, Diego Pavia, we uh, mentioned yesterday. I mentioned yesterday. I keep saying we, like, like I got this entire team around me. But I mentioned yesterday he commits, right? And how how good that is for the quarterback room, and uh, what what that brings. Um, as far as like attitude wise, you know, moxie wise, you know, whatever that, whatever that is. Yesterday we we talked about kind of that dynamic. Well, tonight or today or whenever you're watching this, I'm going to tell you why I think he has a legitimate shot at making a run at the quarterback one job. Now, uh, I I think that he could very well be quarterback one and this will this this will be determined through fall camp i imagine this battle will go well into fall camp maybe even into the virginia tech game so um hold on to your hats on this one i i'll, I'll say that but i think i think diego pavia does bring a lot to the table and he is a legit contender for the quarterback one job and here's why okay watching his tape right watching watching what he does and and watching kind of how he commands this offense like I said yesterday, his moxie just his it factor just jumps right off the page. I mean, the kids, he's a tough kid, you know, lots of enthusiasm, lots of pizzazz, very fiery. Um, at, you know, after making an interception, he tackles the he tackles the uh, the ball carrier and, and slams him and you know gets up and stands over him and like causes kind of a little scuffle. Like those are the kind of intangible it factors that Diego Pavia brings to the table. Um, but I'm going to break him down tonight, today as an actual quarterback. What skills does he have? How does he stack up with Nate Johnson? We've broken down Nate Johnson a little bit, right? We, we've kind of seen on video, and I wish I could show you video to kind of equalize it, but we've seen on video what Nate Johnson brings to the table. And I think Diego Pavia brings a lot of those same things. Like when you look at Diego Pavia's stats, right? He was Conference USA player, offensive player of the year. He was voted team captain, so those are those it factor things. But he's a great runner, man, and I think a lot of people don't really realize that he rushed for almost a thousand yards. And with Tim Beck's offense, like he used he uses the quarterback very very effectively in being a big part of that offense and kind of making that offense go. Like Diego Diego Pavi is a great runner. He runs a lot of like zone reads. He ran a lot. Of, he ran a lot of quarterback power off the jet motion. Which is a lot of stuff that he made. Um, he made his yards on uh, scrambles. He's a really good scrambler. He's very, very athletic. Has a good sense of awareness of when the rush is coming, and and can and can kind of find openings and either buy himself some time to make a throw down field, or just or just scurry ahead for a bunch of bunch of chunk yardage. And I I, I thought he he added a lot of uh, a lot of firepower and a lot of a lot of. Uh, 
he, he added a lot to that run game and he was effective and their run game and their offense was effective because teams couldn't account for him even if they wanted to. So I, I thought he I thought he did a really, really good job there. Um, he was disciplined in the RPO game, which um, – and, well, option game too, and I think that's what makes him an effective runner is because he is so disciplined in carrying out his fakes, re- carrying out his reads, and really kind of forcing defenders to make decisions. And that's what discipline looks like in the RPO game uh, – from a coaching perspective, that's what you want. Like you, when you when you teach these fundamentals and, and how to how to read the mesh, right? The mesh is the exchange between the running back and the quarterback. When you can read the mesh and you can hold that mesh for as long as possible, that makes things a lot more effective in the RPO game or the uh, dual read option game because defenders have to make a decision, right? They can't sit back and slow play you because you, they know there's an impatient quarterback back there that you know he's making his he's making his read full uh, he's making his full read prior to the snap right Diego Pavia does a really really good job of just kind of holding that read and forcing those linebackers or those edge players depending on what the play is to uh, to really kind of make a decision and there's some schemes where we t- I talked about like arrow schemes and how he's going to use the tight end. So imagine this with, with Tyler Fortenberry uh, as you're listening to this, but he did this in New Mexico State, and he did it really, really well. There's a play, I call it an arrow screen. A lot of people call it a bunch of different things, but I, called it an, I call it an arrow scheme, uh, an arrow screen in my in, in kind of my terminology as an offensive coordinator. Uh, it's a... Uh, and when you pair that arrow screen, like it's it's a fast screen, which you know sometimes you know if it's called just as a fast screen, you're just catching and, and ripping out to the arrow route, and and you you're kind of running the space. But a lot of times teams will will pair that as a first level RPO read. And what Tim Beck has done is he's turned that kind of into a uh, an iteration of the zone triple, which which in the original. A triple option, you have a dive, a quarterback, and a pitch, right? Well, the arrow route is now the de facto pitch guy. Uh, and then your quarterback is the quarterback and your dive is the dive. So they would run, and then sometimes they would they would run it as a slip screen, which a slip screen and an arrow screen are the same route. Ultimately, they're going to the same landmark, but a slip screen is you're slipping behind the line of scrimmage and getting out the other side into what looks like your arrow screen. So uh, what, and, and Pavia did this masterfully. Tim Beck did this masterfully. And what he would do is he would ride that fake in there. He would get that defensive end to squeeze down. And once that defensive end squeezes down and kind of gives him a glimmer of edge, you have the next defender that's responsible for the tight end. And sometimes it was that edge guy that you were also leaving unblocked in the run. So he was he was kind of conflicted uh, to begin with just on the, on the dive and the quarterback. So what would happen now Yes, he would ride that fake in there, not really a fake, but he would he would read it. He would ride he would ride his first read down in there, and just pull it the last possible second. And when when he pulls it, he now then attacks. He doesn't he doesn't go laterally, and allowing that defensive end or allowing that edge guy just to to just kind of string along and just kind of shuffle along and make a play when he decides to go upfield. I mean, he's 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 getting he's getting a little bit of depth obviously, but he's uh he's getting himself a good launch angle to really kind of force that guy, okay, I got this tight end that's coming out in the flat that's threatening the flat right now, but I got a ball carrier coming right at me. Like what what do I do? And and Pavia 
got really, really good at just being able to flip the ball out there just kind of on the run. He'd be running towards the guy if you could see me on YouTube. Um, yeah, I got a little bit better visual. But uh, for the audio side people, he runs kind of right at the outside leverage of that defender. So like between the defender and the sideline is what that outside leverage is. He runs right at him, forcing him to say, okay, I've either got to make this tackle or I've got to kind of react and Pavia has a really good job of being able to fake it, like kind of running at him and just 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 flipping it out there with his right arm, um, or and sometimes faking like he's flipping it out there and pulling it and making that guy kind of turn his shoulders. And then once that guy turned his shoulders, he would dip underneath it and burst up field for like ten or twelve yards, getting a really really nice gain. And so, like those type of things are what Pavia is really, really good at. And that's what I mean by discipline in the RPO game or the dual read option game is you're attacking your leverage. You're reading the pr- appropriate keys effectively, how they're supposed to be read to create create true conflict. And with, with Tim Beck's system, that's what you need. You need a guy that's going to that's gonna be disciplined enough to do that. And I think Pavia adding to the mix is going to be disciplined enough to do that. Is Nate Johnson going to be disciplined enough to do that? I don't know. He wasn't quite asked to do a lot of those things at Utah. He was more, he was more so of a dual read quarterback guy um, and play action, quick game. I mean, I think Nate Johnson d- throws a better deep ball. Um, I, I think he has a stronger. I think he has a little bit stronger arm, but like. Uh, just just what they asked him to do at Utah versus what they asked Pavia to do at New Mexico State, I, I think, is a little bit of a separator or a little bit of a difference in the two, um, and that's why I think Pavia has a little more discipline in the in the RPO game because he's just got experience. It comes with experience because you're you're not like you're not like that from the from the jump. You have to develop into that, and you have to develop the trust that hey, I'm reading the right key here. Um, had a lot of poise, man. I, I've seen several throws where he's just the defense is just looks like looks chaotic around him. Guys falling at his feet, things like that. He looked very poised, uh, delivering throws on time, um, being able to hit guys in stride down the field vertically. I, I think is good. Like you have guys like Jeremiah Dillon, who's going to be uh, as Steve Willis from Locked On Ole Miss described him as very very smooth. Uh, so I, I think being able to to hit those guys in stride. And be able to get some of these big plays is going to be what is going to do wonders for this Vanderbilt offense. Being able to score in six or less plays is going to be a really, really good thing. It's going to help your defense. And being able to be multiple in what you do is also going to help an offensive line that probably isn't going to be very experienced or has a little bit of a probably a strength gap. Uh, between them and uh, their opponents, especially conference opponents. So being able to be multiple, being disciplined in the, in the RPO game slash option game, I think whoever's, whoever's sitting in the quarterback one spot, I, I think is going to have to be that because that's what's going to make this offense go. That's what's, what, that's what's going to open up the run game. That's what's going to allow you to sit back in the pocket. That's what's going to open up play action. Uh, that's what's going to open up things down the field because these – these players are, are screaming downhill and to be able to be multiple like that. And you have a kid that has a Samoxy in there, I think is, is, is really, really good. Um, it's kind of a long, a, a little bit of an elongated uh, release, which 
that may have to change a little bit as far as being able to go against SEC defenses because those guys close in a lot quicker than Mountain West defenders. No offense to the Mountain West, but it just is what it is. Those guys close in like that. So you, so you're he's going to have to work on getting his release quicker. Maybe he has to get into his reads quicker uh, on uh, on dropbacks. You know, quick game and dropbacks. You know, but he's he's got a little bit of a long release, and that that concerns me a little bit. Uh, he may, and because of that, he may lack some power driving the ball downfield. So if you're in some harsh conditions, he may not be as effective vertically as he needs to be. So, but Diego Pavia, I think, you know, when, when you look at just the experience that he has in the offense and the experience that he brings uh, just from playing in tough environments and going into Jordan Air Stadium and not only beating Auburn, but beating down Auburn. Like it looked like they were the better team. Like, and he knew it too. Like he, he played with a swag that I've, I've never seen a road quarterback play with going into Auburn. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, but he, he did, man. And it was, uh, it was, it was something. And they got a little bit of that flavor there. So, uh, I know Nate Johnson probably doesn't want to hear any of that. Um, but uh, Nate Johnson's a competitor. Diego Pavia is a competitor. Those guys are going to battle it out, man. Probably be best of friends because that's what competition does sometimes, or that's what it's hopefully going to do. Um, but uh, I'm excited about Diego Pavia. I think you're getting a really, really good quarterback. I think for what for what Vanderbilt wants to do, what Tim Beck wants to do, I think Pavia fits the bill, uh, and, and especially the RPO game. It's the patience, man. It's it's the patience and and the the discipline to to carry through. Uh, on your read. So uh, very exciting times. Uh, really good quarterback. Uh, was glad to break him down a little bit. As soon as I can get my hands on some video, we'll do some video breakdowns. Uh, but until then, uh, we won't do that. So uh, but Diego Pavia going to legit uh, compete for quarterback for, for QB one. Uh, and I, I think he, I think he has a lot to, I think that has a lot to be said. So uh, breaking down that, uh, Clark Lee is continuing to add to his staff, continuing to bolster his staff. I'll tell you what that looks like and why that's important and why that's a, why that's, I mean, it's obviously a positive thing. So I'm going to tell you kind of what that looks like next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, the NFL playoffs is into its divisional round. And there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, which is a number, which is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and it's the best way to find popular parlays. And much, much more. You can stick with the boring spreads if you want to even. So um, there's uh, over-unders that you can go. I mean, there's a lot of things. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back. It is segment number two. Uh, welcome into this Lockdown Vandy podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen. Uh, make sure you pop on over to Lockdown SCC to make them your second listen. Uh, Chris Gordy does a phenomenal job over there. Had me on early on. Uh, would love to come back and talk about Diego Pavia 
Um, not sure if uh, Vandy's on the radar yet. Hopefully, hopefully we become a radar team. But uh, there's some things that are looking up, man. And and this this program is phenomenal. Uh, they're making some really good moves here. And and I think when I had Kurt Page on last week, last uh, actually a week ago from today, uh, I think with what Kurt Page was able to uh, actually, I didn't have him a week week ago today. I had him a few days ago because it's still. It feels like this week has felt like three weeks, just so you know, here in Nashville, because it's been snowing and and uh, all concept of time is completely lost on me right now. So, bear with me on that. But when I had Kurt Page on, we talked um, we talked obviously quarterback stuff, but we talked program building stuff. Like he he's talked to people inside the program. He's pretty well connected, and the support is there for Clark Lee. And he, you know, the first couple of seasons. The first three seasons, the first two seasons were learning experience. This third season was a kind of a setback, I think. Um, I will not, I think it was a setback. Obviously, at two and 10, there's a lot of things going wrong. I, I think he kind of figured out that he needed to move off of his coordinators. He probably needed, he felt like, you know, his experiment of being a CEO type head coach is probably not good. He was too far detached, I think. And he really didn't have his finger on the program like he needed to. Now he's getting more involved, um, taking over uh, as defensive coordinator, uh, taking over play calling duties. Uh, but he had he has an extra spot to fill uh, on the coaching staff, and so he's going to bolster his uh, defensive staff. He's going to hire Seth Payne from Elon he, as uh, he's going to assist with the defensive line. Uh, a little bit about Seth Payne. Uh, he is. Uh, he was a defensive line coach and run game coordinator at Elon. Uh, he was also the recruiting coordinator as well uh, there. And he's had, uh, you know, he's had some some previous stops before them. But that's the most recent. And uh, I, I, you know, I think having a young guy that can recruit is, is going to be a huge piece to this. He's not taking over the entire defensive line, so I think Javon Hay is not leaving. Um, thankfully, uh, Joe Hay is probably one of the better guys on the staff. Uh, but this guy, I think, adds an element to uh, to recruiting. And coming from the Carolinas, I think he, I think he's going to help Clark Lee have a presence in the Carolinas a little bit. And, and I think that's a huge part of why he's being hired. I think he's a good young mind that could that could kind of mold himself into a viable piece to this staff. And he's a young guy that, you know, a lot of like veteran guys probably don't want to take a chance. There's a lot of risk involved coming to Vanderbilt right now because a, you know, you're kind of getting into a program that is kind of struggling with the university to try to get connected. And you're coming into a situation where the guy just went two and 10, uh, an abysmal two and 10 in the sec going zero and eight in conference games. And, um, for all practical purposes is on the hot seat. Like that's a tough situation to, to walk into. And, you know, so you're not like the list of guys that are willing to jump on that is probably pretty short. Uh, but you could dip into the FCS levels. Those guys want to, you know, those guys want to break into to, uh, you know, FBS level coaching. And if if you're in an FCS program like Elon playing in the Southern Conference and you get a chance to jump into the SEC, you're going to do it. Right. And it's, you know, no matter what it looks like, you're going to do it. And so Seth Payne is going to do that. And he's, I guarantee you, he's there to recruit, 
and just to kind of be an extra hand um, down with the defensive line. And he's there to recruit. That's number one for him. Like if he doesn't recruit, he probably doesn't belong on the staff. That's why he went after a young guy, a hungry guy from the uh, from the FCS level. Uh, and and you know he can take a shot on on this because he he's got that extra spot to fill because now he is the defensive coordinator. He can kind of. You know, he's got his special teams guy, Jeff LePack. I think that was made official. He's going to coach tight ends um, and be the special teams coordinator. Now you've got a recruiting coordinator on, 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 you know, a road recruiting coordinator. So you got somebody that's going to help your recruiting staff as well as assist with the defensive line. You've got some advisors and you've got some really, really good things in place um, on both sides of the ball and in all three phases. And so, I really kind of like the way the staff is made up and this can only be, you know, good. And with the way I, I with the way I think they're going to construct their defensive line, like there's going to be aspects that, you know, I don't know how they're going to uh, break up the, the, the responsibilities there, but you know, with, with, I think with as much movement as they're asking these guys to do, maybe there's a, there's a situation where like he kind of helps with, anything first level like like it may be like he helps with edge guys or like you know he might do like the weak side or the boundary side stuff or he might work on different aspects of like scheme or you know some sort of break like there's going to be some sort of specific role that he has within his role that kind of defines what he does outside of you know obviously recruiting is going to be his mainstay. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about this hire. I can't. I, I want to see how it. Pan, I can't wait to see how it pans out. I think it's going to pan out really well. Uh, the way he, the way Clark Lee um, messes with this front seven, they need all the help they can get down there. Um, so it's it's again, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be it's going to be a fun fun little deal. So. Um, yeah, so I'm um, I'm pumped about that. Uh, it just seems like Clark Lee right now is uh, is is pushing all the right buttons. Uh, I think the last few buttons he needs to press now is finding a few more offensive linemen to add to the roster if he's got the space. So um, I'm I'm excited about that, and and here we go. So um, when we come back, some recruiting updates, and uh, we're going to close out the show. Stay tuned. All right. This episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever had a frustrating ticket buying experience? Well, um, you probably weren't using Game Time. So uh, the thing is, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed. All right, so what are some things you like to do? Well, like for me, you know, comedy shows are, are a big thing for me. So what I can do is I can get on game time and I can find last minute tickets. They have flash deals, zone deals, all kinds of stuff I'll get to in a second. They have easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And they give you views from all the seats in the venue and the lowest price guarantee with event cancellation protection and job loss protection. Etc. 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 So, uh, are you somebody that wants to see the see the view of the seat before you buy? Um, they have that. Are you somebody that wants like, you know, 
they just want to know, okay, I don't want to be tricked with any hidden fees or anything. Well, all in pricing does show your total upfront. So, you know, you're getting a great deal before you check out. Uh, it's very easy to use. So you can get it up to the right up to the start of the event. You can find flash deals, sponsor deals on, on tickets for any event uh, in the world of sports, uh, comedy theater, uh, zone deals. This is my favorite. Like, let's say like, you don't want to get into the minutia of picking a seat. Well, you just say, Hey, I want section V. And well, what they're going to do is they're going to get into section V and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to put it up there and they're going to say, okay, section V. We'll find you the seats. Let's go. All right. Uh, they have a price guarantee. Uh, if you find a ticket at a better price, they'll refund. They'll credit you 110% of the difference um, from what you found. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest-priced. Guaranteed. All right. Welcome back. It's the last and final segment. We have a few minutes left before we have to get out of here. Um, we talked, we broke down Diego Pavia a little bit, what he brings to the table, Clark Lee adding to the recruiting staff, um, adding to the staff in general, off on-field roles, off-field roles. He is, he is, uh, he's making it happen. While those guys that are coming in, are also making it happen. We've got a few recruiting updates here. So uh, Andre Lovett is the latest offer from uh, – he's from Blue Island, Illinois, Eisenhower High School. Uh, Coach Rice is already – he's already going. He's already hitting the pavement. He's already crushing it in recruiting. Um, so I'm, I'm a, a big fan of that. And, and – uh, He's going to hit that Chicago area hard, uh, so you're going to see a lot of new offers from there. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. Andre Lovett, linebacker coming in. Uh, Derry Norris uh, is another offer that comes in from Florida, so um, that's going to be uh, yeah. Derry Norris, he's coming from Port Orange, Florida, Spruce Creek. He's a he's an edge guy. I you know I think with with Clark Lee taking over the defense, you're going to see an emphasis on bringing in the best edge guys uh, we can uh, we can find. Uh, a 2027 edge rusher, uh, you're getting. Uh, I'm really excited about this uh, this offensive lineman here, Rowan Rowan Byrne. Uh, he's uh, he's getting after. He's from Iona Prep School. Uh, he is a uh, he's a guard, six six two ninety five. Really good feet there. Love him, Isaiah Gibson. Uh, one of the latest offers. He's from Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, I think they were state champions this year. I'll, I'll have to I have some friends down there in South Georgia. He is uh, he's another <laughs> he's another edge guy. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, he's 6'5", 240, just just lightning off the edge. Uh, Jonesboro High School, my neck of the woods. I grew up in uh, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, in Jonesboro High School, they were in our region. I, I grew up right around the corner from there. Uh, they have John Tavius Wyman. Uh, he's a he's a rising junior. He's an athlete DB uh, receiver, six foot, one hundred seventy five pounds. Uh, so you'll you'll kind of see um, you'll kind of see kind of what, what uh, how that shakes out. I think he's coming as a DB, um, big six foot uh, corner. So you know. I'm excited about that one. Uh, Jeremiah 
Jamar Owens, also DB, six foot one seventy five, coming from Jonesboro. We got a few from, got a bunch from Jonesboro. Uh, they offered a whole bunch. Jamal, uh, Jeremia Collier, uh, linebacker, defensive end, another edge guy. Uh, probably more, probably more of an inside backer at six two, but uh, he's a little undersized. Cortez uh, Redding, another DB. Jonesboro's like freaking DBHS man. Uh, that's uh, you know they're they're gonna feed they're gonna feed Vanderbilt with a bunch of uh, defensive backs here. So um, looking for a few of these guys to commit. We got two commits already for twenty five. So uh, looking for a few of these guys to commit um, from uh, from there. You got. Uh, Cade Knighton is one I'm excited about. Uh, Shakai Mills Knight, another running back. He's from Baylor. He's teammates with. Uh, he's teammates with. Um, um, so he he's going to be excited. He uh, you know obviously he likes school, likes the academics, all that good stuff. He's uh, um, six two, two hundred ten pound running back. Just just explosive man just jumps off the page at you he's a rising senior man he's a home run hitter so a, a guy that will make tim beck's offense absolutely go uh jamal richardson uh he's uh <laughs> he he's coming in um xavier griffin is somebody that i'm excited about he's a he's an edge guy uh xavier griffin 64205 uh from gainesville uh you have a you have Tony Kinsler, so it looks like we're putting an emphasis on running backs and and edge rushers. Uh, defensive big defensive tackle Jarevius Hall from Columbia Central, a little bit undersized, but again he's a rising senior, so he's got time to grow. Um, <clears throat> lots of good lots of good options. East Robertson right up the road, 6'3", 220. edge guy. Um, Taylor Groves safety. From East Robertson uh, up in Cross Plains, Tennessee. Um, it's uh, again, I'm I'm uh, recruiting is picking up, man, and I, I think it has to be a lot of uh, a lot of the, the you know a lot of props to this new staff. I, I think you've got a lot of good recruiters on this staff. I think you got some guys that have a plan and know what they want to do. Barton Simmons doing a tremendous job as kind of that, I guess, chief of staff, general manager role, whatever it is. Um, kind of organizing a lot of stuff. The recruiting operations team is tremendous. Uh, just need to get these guys on campus now, kind of see the progress of the construction, and I think this will be really, really good. Um, before I go, though, uh, shout-out to the women's team. Uh, they found a way to win against Auburn. Uh, there, there might be some underlying issues, but despite all of that, they found a way to get back on the winning track um, against Auburn, so a uh, big-time congrats to them as well. So uh, lots of optimism surrounding this program. Go back and watch it up. So there's a lot of things happening and you're seeing recruiting picking up for 2025. Uh, lots of offers being doled out. Lots of talented, really talented guys, guys that you wouldn't see on Vandy's radar before. I think you finally just have some competent coaches in here, honestly, uh, that kind of understand what they want. They have a plan and it, it's good to see Clark Lee more and more involved. So, um, but uh, we'll see. But that's going to do it for us right here. That's going to do it for the Lockdown Vandy podcast uh, for the week. Uh, so we hope you dig out of the snow um, and into some sunshine next week, which oh, or some warmer temperatures at least. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. This is the Lockdown Vandy podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And until next week, until then, we'll uh, we'll see you back better than ever. Anchor down.